gave you 10 years to live your life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Joe Knows Podcast. I'm Darren, your host. On this episode 35, Apple versus Sony. We have Apple Spring Review of Products and Spotify Podcast Update. The film and television segment, Marvel's Shang-Chi Trailer, Marvel Disney Plus Update, The Falcon and Winter Soldier Finale, Disney and Sony, Fuqua Update, How I Met Your Mother, Mortal Kombat Out, Netflix Bubba, and Oscars Prediction. Dave joins for a chat about the big tech battle of Apple versus Sony. I hope you listeners enjoy this episode 35 of Joe Knows. And it just works. And it just worked. It just works seamlessly. Now, the tech segment of Joe Knows Podcast. Well, that's a jam-packed event from Apple. Where do I begin? Let's start off with AirTag. This new product is positioned as a competitor to Tile and is coming in at $39 which is the same price as the Tile Pro. A four-pack would cost you $129, which works out to about $32.25 per AirTag. This new product offers users the ability to track items directly within iPhone's Find My App. The shape is circular and can be affixed to objects like bikes, luggages, car keys, and wallets. This device uses Apple's U1 chip, an internal accelerometer, is IP67 water resistance, nice work Apple, and has a built-in speaker. You can also personalize the back if you choose to, which is the Apple Touch if you order items online. I guess when travel resumes, I'll be picking many of these up for my checked luggage. This is AirTag. The next time the couch eats your keys, AirTag will help find them. AirTag uses the Find My Network so iPhone can help you keep track of and find your things. Next up, Apple TV. The 4K has been upgraded its internal chip to an A12 Bionic, which is actually from the iPhone XS, which debuted in 2018. Still a powerful CPU. It has a nifty feature called Color Balance, which allows the user to hold their iPhone to a screen to properly calibrate screen color of your TV. Love it. In addition, the new Siri remote that features a click with five-way navigation for better accuracy and now affixiated the Siri button on the side, just like the iPhone. Price remains at $229 Canadian and ships the middle of May. All right, Apple also dropped a new mid-cycle color for the iPhone 12 lineup, purple. Mace would be happy. On to the iMac update. Apple redesigned this with a new look, seven colors, blue, green, red, that looks pretty hot, silver, yellow, orange, and of course, purple. Some new features, finally, is a 1080p camera, 1080p, welcome to 1080p, thanks Apple. Dolby Atmos speaker with, that's gonna have six speaker sound system, Thunderbolt USB 4, True Tone display, a 4.5K Retina display, P3 color, and of course, Apple's in-house chip, M1. The 24-inch display is as thin as an Apple Series 6 watch. Yes, it's that thin. I think looking at the pictures online, there's been mixed, I guess, reviews of people not liking it. I think it looks fantastic. It looks 
like a next generation type computer. And it all begins at $15.99 Canadian and it's available also in the middle of May. Lastly, we have the iPad Pro. Wow. M1, XDR, 5G, and more. Next level. That's right. The M1 chip is not just in the Mac, it's now in iPad Pro, and it's gonna blow you away. iPad Pro has always used turbocharged versions of our A-series chips to deliver a powerful and responsive experience that's years ahead of anything else. Where to start? M1 chip. That is the same one they've put in the MacBooks and iMacs that's coming to the iPad Pro. Graphics are 40 times faster than the last generation iPad Pro. Apple claims this is a crazy stat here. 1,500% faster than the first iPad in 2010. I mean, 11 years with that much increase in power, amazing. The display is XDR, like their standalone screen that you can buy. Ports are Thunderbolt 3 and USB 4 compatible, and now 5G is available. And how about that front-facing camera being upgraded to 12 megapixel with a 120-degree field of view and a feature called Center Stage, where it can recognize users and keep them in the center of the screen during a FaceTime call. Exclusive to 12.9 iPad Pro is the Mini LED Liquid Retina XDR display, which just sounds incredible. Can't wait to see this in person. Well, overall, a great event. Presentation was well done, of course, because you know Apple has the money to produce the most visually stunning and engaging event. Well done. I guess next Apple event would be WWDC, which usually happens in June to reveal the latest in the OS from iOS, iPad OS, Watch OS, and of course Mac OS. All signs point to the major improvements would be to the notification screen for iOS and Mac OS. Oh, sorry, no an iPad OS and an upgrade to iMessage to make it more on par with other messaging platforms out there such as Signal and WhatsApp. Lastly, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Spotify is planning to offer a podcast subscription service, which actually Apple in the last event just announced the same thing. And But Apple is set to uh, charge their usual 30% for the first year, down to 15% for the second year. And it looks like Spotify is rumored to allow the content creator to keep 100% of the subscription fees. Another platform war brewing between Apple and Spotify. We shall see how Apple responds to this no fees. That does it for the tech segment of the Joe Knows. Son, it's time for you to take your place by my side. All right, on to the film and television segment of the Joe Knows Podcast, episode 35. Well, Marvel dropped the first teaser trailer for the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and it doesn't disappoint. I've seen it countless times now, and overall, it looks fantastic. Main star is Samu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Chiwa Lung, and Michelle Yeoh. This film is directed by Destin Daniel Creighton. Obviously, this is a big Asian cast the first Asian Marvel movie. September can't come soon enough for MCU Phase 4. Well, film-wise. Who you really are.
All right, moving over with Variety reporting that Emilia Clark is joining Disney Plus Marvel's Secret Invasion, where Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Kingsley Benadir, and Olivia Coleman have already signed on. Her roles under wraps, of course, as Disney and Clark's agent have not commented on her role yet. Over to the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I just finished watching. Spoiler alert, or not, but we get to see Falcon as Captain American-ish. The suit looks fantastic. It's a modification of the current Falcon look, of course, with the Captain America look. It's a fast-paced finale, great action, great story to book in this mini-series. Plus, I can't wait to see what they do with John Walker's character. Probably going to be another Disney Plus series. I think, the way they ended it. I definitely enjoyed this series a lot more than WandaVision and highly recommend actually both series if you're a Marvel fan or not. Next up is Loki in June on June 11th. All right, staying with Variety. There were also reports that Disney and Sony have set up a massive licensing pact that will see Spider-Man and other Marvel properties now come on under Disney's streaming platform starting in 2022. The wide-ranging deal will run to Sony's 2026 theatrical slate. This agreement comes after Netflix secured titles for their own, own platform with Sony. So it looks like no standing, no standalone streaming service for Sony for now. Uh, I guess what do we have here? We have Netflix, Disney+, Plus, HBO Max, Peacock, which is Universal, Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV+, and Paramount+. Plus. That's a lot of streaming platforms. This decade, I'm pretty sure we'll probably see some merge or some disappear completely, depending on consumer taste. All right, staying with variety, they're also reporting Antoine Fuqua has been tapped to direct a film adaptation of Cat on a Hot in Roof. Antoine quietly doing, bringing his own unique vision to different genres from action, his originally how he started out, to drama. Great wide range of uh, films. Way to go, Antoine. 16 seconds. All right, shifting to television, Variety reports that Hulu has ordered How I Met Your Father sequel to How I Met Your Mother, starring Hilary Duff. Of course, the series will mirror how Duff's character telling her son now how she met his, his future father. Why fix something not broken, but flip the switch? All right, back to Warner. Their April release now includes the reboot of Mortal Kombat, which I plan to rent in the next day or two by the time you hear this podcast. It's available, obviously, on HBO Max in the U.S., in theaters where theaters are open, and, of course, on PVOD. There's something I, you know, beating fatalities, finish him. That's just some classic things from the 90s. I cannot wait. Oh, my goodness. All right. Variety, they keep hogging all the news. Maybe that's it's a great outlet to keep up to in Hollywood. It reported that Netflix has a Bubba Wallace documentary series in production and will follow Wallace behind the scene this year in the 2021 NASCAR season as he com- 
competes for the newly formed 23XI Racing Team. This new racing team was created by Wallace, Michael Jordan, and Denny Hamlin. Wallace is the only black driver at the top of the sport, and the show explored both NASCAR effort and Wallace to advocate for inclusion and equality in racing and beyond. Looking forward to this series. Of course, by the time you hear this, the podcast, the Oscars will have been done, and perhaps we may have the first female Asian director winning for Norman Lan. An interesting story, which is on Disney Plus now. I have to check it out soon. Congrats or not, Chloe Zhao. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod, a phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Dave joins us now to talk about the battle of two industry titans, Apple versus Sony. Well, you knew sooner or later this was going to happen, Dave. Yeah, I was, I've been waiting for it for a long time now, but... Uh... I knew it was going to be in there. Here it is, the two giants. I mean, what's your favorite Sony tech? Well, I mean, I think think this one's probably pretty obvious. I mean, as I'm a hardcore gamer, uh, it's going to be the PlayStation. And uh, I mean, through the years, um, I think every single PlayStation was, you know, was a, you know, a top, um, you know, technological invention, right? Like it was just, they were, they all blew me away. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm on, I haven't bought the PS five yet just because I'm, I don't like to buy things right when uh, they're first released just for bugs and uh, hardware updates and things like that firmware. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's incredible what they've been able to create with the, uh, the PlayStation line. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of do a couple of different things for myself, of course, you know, through the years. I mean, I think I was more of a Discman and Walkman because I think I came into that a little later than normal. Like I wasn't as excited for a Walkman as opposed to a Discman. And then, of course, my grandpa at the time also had a Sony camcorder as well, which we filmed ourselves doing really terrible movies. And we also did like tennis stuff or filming us doing like activities and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think the original PS1, I think, you know, it, they came out swinging. It's like entering into this domain that was owned by Sega and Nintendo for like, you know, well, 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah, especially as being the underdog, right? I mean, I mean, they also had a lot more money than Nintendo and Sega coming into it, so they're able to do that. But I think it was also, I'm sure you heard the story about uh, Nintendo and Sony got together, did some announcement, and then just Nintendo just broke off and said, no, we're done. We're not, they were going to create a system together. Yeah, so that would have been around the time of the just previous to the Nintendo sixty four or about yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah, before Nintendo sixty four, I think there was probably you know I'm going to assume kind of something to dig up. I'm going to assume probably cultural issues with company culture, and also mm-hmm. probably who gets final say because you know how you know Sony and Nintendo are both proprietary people like sorry proprietary oh, companies and yeah you know whose logo comes first and nintendo's notorious for just taking their time until things you know are ready for what they think is the right product or 
whatever. And I think Sony's yeah. to a certain extent as well, but I think Sony will still take the gamble and try it and then come back with something else. But Nintendo, not, they don't release one system and then come back. It's not like, it's a different type of industry you get into, right? You have to plan it for a while. You can't just release a system every two, three years. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, with branding. I mean, yeah. that's going to be a huge fight. I mean, Sony's and Nintendo are both pretty tight when it comes to, um, you know, their licensing rights too. Yeah. So, um, but I, I don't know. I think Nintendo's probably, you know, kicking themselves over this one because I think, you know, Sony, you know, coming back to be their competitor and then surpassing them was, mm-hmm. you know, is really probably a shock at first, but uh, I'm sure they're regretting that. Oh, for sure. I think, um, you know, I think they were probably regret that for quite a while. I think until they came out with Nintendo Wii, which took a while for them to kind of find their footing of what they want to do, what market do they still chase hardcore gamers now? Because, I mean, they all more or less vacated Nintendo too. And, well, Nintendo and Sega, both to mm-hmm. Sony and to uh, Microsoft. So, I mean, it's a two-horse race nowadays in all kinds of platforms. Yeah, I mean, it seems... I mean, Nintendo's always been more of a family-oriented console, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like like that's the only market they can really compete in now because yeah. just the mature and adult games that are offered by Sony and Microsoft, just I don't think Nintendo's been able to compete. like, And it, a lot of those titles don't even want to go to nintendo a lot of the time yeah i mean i think also another good format that uh, sony done as well was be able to create something that apple emulated as well as proprietary things where they can get licensing off like like their dvd for instance they co-created that like the blu-ray and the blu-ray as well so both those technologies oh yeah like the original dvd and then Blu-ray. were Were they they the ones sorry uh that did laserdisc uh not that i could see i don't think i just kind of would kind of assume it like when the laser disc came out it would have made sense if it was sony that brought that to the table but yeah no i don't see it them being the ones here let's do a quick peek here i don't think they did because i just looked it up under player and uh i don't see them on there at all i mean geez laser disc didn't i mean it didn't really stick around very long it, it just no. i don't know people just didn't really ad- adopt the the idea i think they thought the discs are just too ridiculously big yeah it was it was mca that created it oh okay. and pioneer helped create the first machine the first production did you have you had laser disc right no actually no keith, keith did keith did yeah My oh one keith of your brother one of yeah. your brothers there's only a few movies on there but i mean the quality was i think the, the idea was correct it's just too large too cumbersome too slow but Mm -hmm. it was the right idea and um i mean like sony's brought a lot of uh, obviously in innovation to electronics market over the like decades i mean they started obviously when i looked this up they started in 1957 so they've been in the game for quite a long time so which uh moves us over to uh the newcomer apple who came out obviously in 76 you have a favorite tech of theirs did you even have an Apple Mac ever used one when you were in like school or just when I was in school? I, you know, I did, uh, I can't remember what the program was, but they just, 
it's like the computer math program that you had to use mm -hmm. where you would like with the turtle or whatever. Oh, was <laughs> you remember that? that? Let's see here, Mac. It was it was almost like geography or you do like it was almost like really ridiculous coding that but it was it was kind of mathematical like you turn the turtle 90 degrees and draw a line you draw a square you draw a circle it's kind of it's a bit ridiculous but uh i mean i guess the tech had to start somewhere was it like a educational game or yeah it was it was i wish i could remember what it was called but i know there's people out there that know exactly what i'm talking about i was just trying that, to look it up here but, you know, that was elementary elementary school so i don't even know that was probably the mac 2 mac 2 maybe oh they only had a macintosh 2 yeah so so yeah i mean i'm same thing like i had a friend that had the macintosh it was like never seen a computer. It was like what what is this <laughs> well i had a commodore 64 yeah so well, we did too I, yeah and i don't know who owned that or if it was a joint deal was that um, that was part of Apple? Which one, sorry? The the Commodore sixty four. No, oh yeah, no, their their Commodore was outside. Same with like uh, the Amiga as well. Commodore, I believe, was the was own. it so its own company though? Yeah, Commodore. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty young, so I didn't really know much about computers. I think the company is actually called Commodore as well. Yeah, Commodore. Okay. And they came up. They were founded in uh, Toronto. Oh well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think they're not still around. I would I would take. No, they filed for bankruptcy. Ended in ninety four. Oh wow! Well, surprised they lasted yeah. that long. Well, did you know that uh, Apple was the first to create the um, graphical interface that we still have today for computers? Well, even though they they didn't create, I guess right, they pioneered it. They Steve Jobs stole the idea from Xerox. Xerox is like, we're not gonna do anything with this. This was in the seventies. He's like, oh, oh yeah. You don't want to use this? And he went on to copy them. And Typ um, typical. <laughs> and then they didn't do anything, obviously. But before, if you're a computer owner, you need to know how to code or type in commands. And Apple was the first mm -hmm. to bring all the graphical interface, which more or less kind of revolutionized. And then, of course, we had you know Microsoft follow suit right after with IBM to kind of do the same thing. Yeah, I mean. Um can't remember when i really started getting into computers but yeah i mean i was i was always a microsoft guy once once i you know Got was kind computers. of into computer yeah once i was you know on computers all the time i was i was never much of an apple guy just because i don't know i just i used microsoft DOS, i used windows i knew the interface so it was i don't know it was hard to you know switch back and forth between the two well i think the other thing was what happened was obviously there was a power struggle at Apple and Steve Jobs had brought in a CEO because he was told to, because he was too young at the time because the company went IPO. Like they started in 76, they went IPO in 1980 and the guy was still in his twenties, late twenties. And the board the CEO? who no jobs was. Oh yeah. Jobs. Yeah. That's what I thought. You and, and then he hired a guy from Pepsi, you know, they had this famous thing I read from his book as well. And it's been like, edged in Silicon Valley uh, lore where he went to go meet up with this guy. I think his name was John Sully. I think that's the name. And said to him, do you want to sell software for, or do you want to sell soft drinks for the rest of your life? Or do you want to make a difference or something like that? <laughs> so wow. he, 
he changed his mind right away. Of course, he came over, and then when he came over, within like a year, he he had to fire Steve Jobs. Uh, that's that's crazy. Because Steve was trying to work on other computer stuff that he wasn't authorized to. <laughs> he just like mm-hmm. whatever. I found his company. I can do what I want. Hmm. And that's, then yeah, that's nuts. And then he got fired, of course. And then he went off and bought uh, Pixar and started up Nex, which Nex was uh, just kind of a computer hardware software company, which to give you a bit of history is now the foundation of Mac computers and the iPhones from that company. So he brought it back in-house when they brought they rehired him? Yeah, when they rehired him, they bought the company Nex and delivered all that... Um, kind of software into the company and integrated it and that became what you see today as a company yeah and, and this is about the time like because what was this like microsoft or sorry Microsoft um apple was pretty much filing for bankruptcy right they were almost oh, ban- yeah. bankrupt they actually even had a big um at one of their because they do these yearly soft or developer conferences and when he came back he had his arch nemesis show up um <laughs> Bill Gates, who injected a couple hundred million dollars to the company and also agreed to develop uh, Microsoft products for Mac. Because at the time, Mac still had their own in-house um, software for applications for, you know, and, you know Word and all that stuff, app, uh, word processing and PowerPoint and all that stuff. But it didn't compete at the same level. with Because by that time, we all know history that Gates came in and Windows is everywhere now. It's almost the standard, more or less, these days for you know business and consumers. Yeah, but I mean, I think my favorite tech, I guess, kind of we're going back and forth. Was I think it wasn't until the iPod Mini. Obviously, by that time, Jobs was already at the company, and you know, I didn't buy the first iPod when it first came out. I was like, oh, that's pretty expensive, and wasn't quite sure about how this technology stuff worked because MP3 players were around for a while and all of them sucked because I mean I bought a couple and they just didn't work well right and yeah um, I mean the first iPod definitely was highly priced yeah. and especially if you're uncertain you know if the product's going to to last or if it's even going to be you know, something you, f- you find yourself using yeah I mean yeah. if it's if it's more of a I don't know more of a fun little knickknack to Say to your friends, "Hey, well, look what I got!" As opposed yeah. to, you're going to find yourself using it every day. Like, oh, for sure, hard to justify dropping the money. Well, I mean, I think we talked about this a while back, but even that whole decade when it came out, you know, it came out in like 2001. It just transformed the company from bankruptcy to become, you know, what it is today. But they've had essentially in that decade those the other iPhone, of course, which took them to the next level. And um, after yeah, I mean, that, it. I mean, they worked off off that with you know their iPad, their Apple Watch, Apple TV, which are all the devices I love having because everything's so integrated. And I think Jobs even went to Sony headquarters when he was uh, looking at developing the iPod to draw inspiration. If you didn't know that, he was a big he's no. a big he's a big Sony fan. I mean, if you historically, if you look at what Sony did i mean sony was a very influential in the tech sector oh for um, sure. There's you know no doubt. especially heavily like if you go to japan it's like sony 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 right yeah and uh i, I mean yeah I, I i could understand that i mean even me like uh, i used to work 
you know, for an electronics store. And I mean, a lot of the products that, that flooded off of our, or flew off our shelves, I should say, were Sony. Like, yeah. I mean, even I even remember when some of the top quality um, new like screen technology came out and the, the large size TVs when we still had CRTs mm-hmm. were, were like those big Sony XBRs, right? And oh, they yeah, were the XBRs. <laughs> it was like a tank, like the thing weighed, I don't know, like probably close to 200 pounds. It was oh, so yeah. heavy. Yeah. And it, it's unbelievable that we have paper thin. Like I have a TV that I actually just used down in my basement where I'm podcasting right now. And I think I picked it up, I don't know, probably just around before Christmas. It's it's a 40-inch TV, and it weighs, I don't know, like three and a half pounds or something stupid oh, like that. It's like that they had to develop that stuff from, what, the late 90s, early 2000s to what, it, like, in a matter of two decades. It's got that yeah. light. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I could pick it up and just, like, like just wave it around with one hand. It weighs nothing. And that's the tricky thing. I mean, like every, like, you know, all the iPhones out there, all their screens, the iPads are all for the most part provided by either Samsung, like 80% Samsung and the rest LG or Sharp. And yeah. saying that, oh, why isn't it's a Samsung screen, which sure, but it, it's been recalibrated by Apple's engineers. But trying to get into developing and making screens, you don't know where that stuff's going to go. Like, as in, like, who's your next consumer going to be? Because you do it yourself. You just sell it for yourself. I mean, eventually, people might, I mean, reading all kinds of rumors. I mean, we're kind of going off a little bit, but there's all kinds Mm -hmm. of rumors that they think this decade might be having people detach from the phone to a new operating system that might be VR or AR, potentially. I mean, I could see the, you know, the smart glasses. If, uh, you know, especially if you have... um, augmented tech yeah. in place and if it if you can communicate and bluetooth i mean I, I don't know if you still have to have a physical device in your pocket to make it all work because you need that processing power i don't know if they can put those into you know something that small yet look at the uh, apple watch so does it ha- do they say it has a processing power of what it, the iphone does yep it's got a stripped down version uh, okay so, but it's because Apple owns their own, they design their own in-house chips now. But um, the funny thing is I'm thinking about it right now. Uh, this is actually going on a, off a little bit, but Apple re- just released a new iMacs, which aren't available till next month. The thinness of the new, we were talking about how skinny the screens are. The new iMacs, which are just their desktop computers, is as thin as my Apple Watch. That's how skinny it is now. It's funny when you say IMAX because it sounds it sounds like you're saying the, like like the movies theaters, right? Oh, IMAX, IMAX. <laughs> well, just because you put that plural on it, right? IMAX, yeah, yeah, you're right. I did say that. <laughs> they but, own IMAX now. <laughs> but it's like how thin technology's gotten, where they can layer. I mean, obviously, with augmented reality glasses, you're going to have those like chips probably going to be living on the frame part that's the thickest, or through the the ears or the yeah. the arms of the I mean it, it's interesting because I guess both obviously Apple's been interested in AR for years because they have a lot of AR functionality on their phones now but Facebook and Microsoft and Google have all invested heavily in the AR section as well I'm excited to see it like, like I mean, ever since I saw Terminator man like you know and you see the 
the the camera view of what he's seeing with his eyes and he's yeah. scanning targets and I'm like oh yeah we need something like that for ourselves oh like, man cool. you think i think we could see something potentially by 2026 27 that someone out there might have already they're going to try some prototypes probably in the next couple of years that may not sell well but eventually i think by we'll have a mass selling one by 2027 2028 and that will be your phone will be obsolete You'll be speaking to things to get things. You'll see the visuals come up easier. But again, I don't know. It's really tough because I don't know. Like it's like you're, you have to wear something all the time. And what if you don't want to wear something all the time? And do you think the, you know, like the actual market wants that? Like, do you think consumers are going to adopt to that, or do you think it's really it, it's irrelevant? Like the market's going to push things in that direction. You just nailed it. I think it's going to be just the market's going to move over to that. It's just going to be like where the next evolution of computers. Cause I mean, think about even the Iron Man movies or Minority Report where they have those visuals with their mm-hmm. computer systems. I could see that coming as well this decade where you're not using a screen. Like you're talking about like a, float, a floating screen yeah. or a yeah. holographic screen. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, I, know I, I actually saw. I know we're going a bit off topic, but I, I saw, you know, there's, you know, these new young innovators that are like creating this sort of tech. And I actually was, uh, it was a article that I think was from CNET. Um, it was a while back, but it was like a young kid was actually working on like a, a touch screen that was like air. Yeah. But uh, the thing, the only way he was able to get the interface to work, it had like a hollow frame. And like the frame had sensors all around it. So like when you were touching the air, like within that frame, the sensors could tell where your fingers were. Oh, okay. Yep. So he could like, but it still had a screen, like a real screen behind it, but he was interacting with the screen using the sensors in the air, but, but he had to be inside that frame. Right. So I don't know, maybe that's a starting point, but. Yeah. And I think it might take like, look at like the iPhone came out in 07. Didn't really take off. It took off right away, but for mass consumers, probably not till 2010, 2011, where it started to hit a stride. And then obviously by the middle of the decade, it was a normal thing that everyone had. Like if you didn't have a smartphone, be like, how come you're living in the non-internet age, more or less? Like That's true. I think it's going to be the same thing with these next, it's kind of the next operating system, more or less, how do you interact with your information? How do you interact with your daily life of your device, be it if it's, augmented yeah. or not but i guess we have it's a few years tough, right yeah. we're so used I mean, to this right now and yeah. is this i mean i still think we've hit peak smartphones a couple of years ago like in the sense of technology yeah you, it's like computers i think it's got to where computers are you could buy a new computer every year of course it's faster than the last years but you can't keep up with that i mean it blows me away to be honest where we're already at um yeah and the speed at which we keep reaching the next pinnacle. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's always been something about like Apple make amazing leaps and bounds, but I always had issues with Apple, you know, stopping supporting older tech. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know they, they, they want you to basically buy the new one. They, they want you to get on board with what they're, they're trying to do, but yeah. I still think they should offer a little bit more support for a little bit longer. Than they do. 
Well, I mean, if you, I mean, of course I'm defending them to a certain extent, but like if you compare them with Android, they actually support their phones or their devices more or less. We'll just stick with the iPhone because it's probably the easier one because computers last a lot longer. But the smartphone industry, most Android makers maybe support software. So software updates, three years max. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think across the board, I think they all probably should try and support it a little bit longer. I mean, maybe well, of course, that's of course. just me. Yeah, no, but I'm uh, what I'm getting to is now Apple has supported their right now six years back right now. It might not have the same speediness when you first got it, which mm-hmm. you know, everyone thinks it's slowing things down. To an extent, from all everything I've read and studied, yes, because they want to make sure you're optimized for whatever tech you have in there because the new tech that's being crammed every year requires additional CPU power, more or less. is kind of more easier to explain to say, hey, well, you don't have the latest engine. Of course, you won't be able to optimize for the new software because if you're a software, I mean, you know a bit about software. You're trying to develop yeah. software to work because now Apple's Apple broke a billion users, which is still a third, but a billion behind Android. But how do you make sure it works for a billion people? Your device. Oh, I'm not saying tough. there's the right way. I'm not saying there's the right way. Um, there's so many bug reports, and everybody has different issues, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's a, uh, you know, there could be a flaw in the programming in just one device. It's just yeah, like no. it just happened, right? And you yeah. you can't even diagnose it, so it's yeah. like okay, well that phone's bad. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm I'm with you. I wish they could keep it, but I think these things weren't designed obviously to last longer than five, six years tops. Yeah, I I don't know. Some like sometimes it's it's seems a little bit difficult. I mean, at least the way I see it, to to keep up with yeah. how quick they're trying to develop and yeah. you know at the rate that uh, things are developing i think there's a little bit of you know consumer fatigue that's all oh no i, I agree i think um you'll see consumer fatigue especially with what this is now because it's been out for so long that they're like okay well like i just said like you know a couple minutes ago i think we've reached peak design and all that stuff in 2017 2018 where yeah the newer one's a bit faster. Oh yeah, it's got a bit better camera. I'm like, but for what you'd need it for, you're probably still good having a 2016, 2017 phone right now in 2021. First yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm still on the iPhone eight, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I love it. It's, it does everything I need. Um, you know, if, unless I could get a bit of a bit better battery, that's that's about it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, other than battery life, I I'm totally happy with it, and. I mean, and the iPhone 8, what was that, 2017? iPhone 8 is, yeah, 2017. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm still good for another couple of years until, uh, you know, if it starts to really, you know, drag or have major issues, then I might switch it out. But Sorry, did, did we say 2017? Yeah, 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, you're probably good for another two years, man, like at least till you can feel the phone not being what it's supposed to be. But, again, I mean – yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I wish these things could last longer than a cup. Like, but again, I mean, I guess I I just switched to an iPhone 12 Pro Max just last year. But and that was coming from a 2017 phone, an iPhone 10, which is same year as your eight, but just a different yeah. form factor. But I mean, again, I don't know. Like, I I think for me now, like that thing you get when you buy the new phone is kind of gone. 
where like you used to be like, oh my god, I got the new. It's kind of like your PlayStation stuff. Yeah, not where, as not as blown away, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure when you buy the PS5, you will, but it's, it's not it's not the same like the first PS or PS2, right? Like, where you're like, oh my god, like this. I'm not saying the PS5 to PS4 is on a quantum leap, but I'm just saying in the sense you're not going to feel that same rush of adrenaline of like, oh my god, this is just amazing because you expect it to be a certain standard when you buy it, right? Well, it's like, yeah, it's like when you went from the first, like, well, first, let's just talk phones. I mean, yeah. we, we were, our phones were attached to the wall. And then first we, and then we went to cordless phones in our house. And it was like, oh my God, I can walk around the house. Yeah. And then we went to cell phones, even though they were a giant brick. And, uh, you know, and then it was when it went to a flip phone, it's like, oh my God, it's things amazing. It's so small, it's compact. Yep. And then boom. But when the smartphone came out, that it was to be bigger wow like the yeah. smartphone blew everybody away because it wasn't just a phone yeah like and that that like that was something that was you know it i don't know i, I think it just had a huge impact on society and how we how we live our lives and just everything we do i couldn't imagine life without a smartphone yeah i mean like even Jobs' famous uh, thing when he talked about when he introduced the iPhone for the first time is like, it's a phone. It's a breakthrough communications device. It's a breakthrough uh, internet. And it's this, it's one, because it used to be separate products for all those things, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, of course, he was the master of selling people anything. But, you know, just his presentation, I, I mean, I probably watched a couple of times here just because the way he talks about, you know, it's like this brand new thing ever. It's like a, it's a phone. You're like, do you guys get it? I'm creating one device from three devices, and this is where we're at now. It's like to carry everything you have. That you know, you can look at the internet. You can speak to people via video. You can listen to your music. You can pretty much do your business these days, right, on your phone for the most part. Yeah, basic stuff, not like computing stuff. But yeah, I mean, so I guess that comes to the last question: who? would have had a bigger impact on well on society right now i would say apple but in general i think sony is no slouch either because they have kind of like their market they go after yeah um i would agree with you there um undeniably apple has had a bigger impact on society at least in the last last 20 years 20 deck or 20 decades 20 years (laughs) last two decades um yeah but yeah yeah, I i think i think prior to that sony was was the big influence but um you know they've had that they've been taken over by apple now for the number one spot yeah i mean i think uh in the 80s you know it was all sony 90s all sony and then early 2000s sony and then i think like any big company eventually someone's going to come along to innovate faster bigger or come up with a better product than you do and yeah yeah so i think it's like pepsi and coke right yep (laughs) pepsi and coke pepsi and coke well, yeah, I think we're both probably feeling the same, both impacts of the companies on their respective decades. Well, that uh, thanks for thanks for chatting about our tech in the last 30, 40 years here. That was fantastic, man. Loved it. All right. Well, that does it for the Jonos Podcast, episode 35. Please subscribe if you've ever done so and share with your family and friends. You can follow me on Twitter, Knows Podcast, Instagram, Jonos.podcast, and Facebook, and Knows, Joe Knows Podcast. Until next time, Joe out. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready if you are. I just got the last piece in there. Son of a bitch.
Got to put our Apple versus Sony. <laughs> you knew this was going to come sometime. Oh, yeah. All right.